If you listen to Spotify or you have a social media or social networking account, whatever, you've probably seen what Spotify does at the end of every year. They send a report out to all the people who have an account on their site, and it gives you a report of the songs and albums and podcasts and everything else that you've been listening to on Spotify for that calendar year. For example, one year I got a list of all the countries that had produced the artists that I'd been listening to. So here was an artist from the Netherlands, and here was one from South America, and here was one from wherever, right? And they also will tell you things like, these are the genres that you've listened to the most. I look forward to that email every year. It's fun to see what you've been into. Kind of fun to see what you've not been into as well. I look back and got the 2019 email on December 5th. So obviously it's not quite for a whole calendar year, but close enough. That data is all gone now, but it doesn't matter. I remember what I thought the funniest part of that email for 2019 was for me. There was a favorite new artist section. And my favorite new artist for 2019? Uriah Heep. The Heep. Let's hit the music and then let's talk about it. Okay, I've told a few people this story already, but since I want to talk about new music or new music with the word new in quotation marks, I think it's a good jumping off place. Let's go to some obvious things about Uriah Heep. First, Uriah Heep is not a new band. According to Wikipedia, and full disclosure, Wikipedia is my source for almost everything that I know about Uriah Heep at this point, They were formed in 1969. They have at least two dozen studio albums. Again, I say at least two dozen because if you look under the discography portion of Uriah Heep's Wikipedia entry, it will say 24 albums. But then in the article itself, it says that they're currently working on their 26th album. That doesn't seem to compute. So it's either 24, 25, whatever. What does that tell us? Either Spotify's algorithm is seriously messed up, or it means something different. It means that Spotify is tracking all the artists I listened to that I had never listened to before. And out of those, Uriah Heep is the artist that I listened to the most in 2019 that I had never listened to before on their service. And if that's true, well, it's probably right. Spotify's probably right on. Why? Because I was buying meat. All right, more specifically, I was wearing a deep purple t-shirt sometime last year in 2019 at my local grocery store. And I was at the deli counter probably buying ham, but it could have been roast beef. I don't know. And the guy working there started asking me about my shirt and we got to talking. He claimed he was more of a Uriah Heap guy than a deep purple guy, but he liked them both. Now, my memory is worse than I like to admit at this point. 
but I'm pretty sure he told me that he had auditioned for Uriah Heep, or he was practicing to audition for Uriah Heep at some point in his life. Maybe it was Uriah Heep tribute band, I don't remember, but I really do think this guy at the deli counter told me he was practicing to be in Uriah Heep and had had a shot at it. Anyway, so I had that encounter with this pleasant conversation with a guy in the flesh about rock music. I don't get to do that as much as I would like to in real life, and maybe that's one of the reasons I made this podcast. But between that encounter and an unfortunate unfamiliarity with Heap, it all led me to pick up their latest album on Spotify, or to pull it up on Spotify. I think I'd read a favorable review about it before. That album is called Living the Dream. It was released in 2018, and it's really good. At least half the songs are memorable and fun to listen to. Plus, I understood why the guy asked me about Uriah Heep and why we started talking about Uriah Heep when he saw me in the Deep Purple t-shirt. I've never heard a more Deep Purple sounding band than Heep in my life. So for the next few weeks, I listened to a lot of Heep. I bounced around their catalog, including some of the classic records. I don't know if I really liked any of the ones that put Heap on the map better than I like Living the Dream. Maybe that's a recency bias or something like that. Maybe it's a reflection that it's modern studio sounds. Of course, maybe not even the recency bias. I, maybe I'm saying that wrong. Maybe it's the primacy bias that they were the first. Be- that was the first record of Heaps that I had ever listened to, and maybe that's why I liked it best. I don't know, but I listened to a lot of Heap. After about three weeks or so, though, I was pretty much done. Um, I didn't listen to Heap exclusively during that time, but I did listen to a lot of them. So what's the point of this story, you might be asking? Well, first, Spotify is awesome. On the Twitter accounts that I follow, it's not uncommon to see people talking about buying physical media, CDs or what have you, and about how Spotify screws over the artist. I'm sure that's all true, and I do buy shirts and merchandise and even CDs sometimes. Usually CDs for my favorite bands, the ones I've been buying their stuff for years, and now it's turned into a little bit of a collection, if you will. Um, But also shirts and merchandise, occasionally like a sticker or something, for bands that I just want to support. I'm less likely to do that for some behemoth like Metallica or whatever. And I'd pay more for Spotify. I actually would pay a lot more. I think with tax, it's like $16.04, maybe it's $17.04 per month for a family plan. I grew up when CDs cost $16.04 or $17.04. I'd pay more for Spotify. I'd pay a lot more for Spotify. I don't even want to say how much I would pay for Spotify because I don't want to give them any ideas. But it's a lot. Because Spotify, and I'm sure Apple Music, and Amazon Prime Music, and Tidal, and all the other services are the same way. For a relatively low amount, I can cut out all the commercials or the ads in between songs. And I have a radio station, or more than a radio station, of albums and songs and artists that I can pick and choose from. I kind of think it's amazing I'm really thrilled it's only the cost of a CD per month. I'd be happy to pay more for the artist to get more, but still. Anyway, I want to talk a little about new music and finding music. 
and what that means for those of us who've been listening to rock for a long time. I discovered Uriah Heep. I mean, I'd heard of Uriah Heep before, don't get me wrong. But I discovered Uriah Heep from the guy at the grocery store. About 12 or 14 years ago, I discovered what is now my favorite band, Clutch, from a far more 21st century kind of source, Pandora. At this point, I just want to insert this a little differently this time. I usually do it at the end. I really appreciate you listening. If you still listen this far, please subscribe, rate, review. Even just a five-star rating without a review is better than nothing. Uh, I realize this is maybe a little bit more of a personal-sounding podcast than some of my others. I don't mean it's intimate, but it's just about me and some of my experiences discovering music. I thought about framing this episode about how, quote, people, or, quote, we, discover new music. But I decided I didn't want to get that deep into the research that that would obviously have entailed. Just thought I'd try a little something different. I really appreciate you listening. Okay, Clutch. So around 1997 or so, give or take, I heard Space Lord by Monster Magnet on the radio, and I became an instant fan. That's basically how it worked back then. I mean, MTV still played some videos, more than they play now, obviously, but still enough for people to joke about where's the music in MTV. But rock music was still mainstream, still mainstream on the radio. It was still mainstream in the culture. It was predominant over hip-hop and country, at least, if not the pop stars and the coming boy band revolution and Britney Spears and all that sort of stuff that appeared there at the end of the decade. Rock music was popular enough at the time that a snarly, druggy-sounding band like Monster Magnet could get airplay and even have a gold record for more than 500,000 sales. To sell 500,000 records, even in the height of the CD boom and all that stuff in the late 90s, to sell more than 500,000 albums in the United States alone, that's a big deal. I love Monster Magnet. I grew to like a lot of their catalog. That first CD of theirs, uh, it's an EP, it's a little raw for my taste, and then after maybe at the second or third, though, I like so much of what Monster Magnet does. They're one of my ten favorite bands for sure, and you know, maybe thinking about it, I should do a podcast about them. Space Lord is still just one of my favorite songs, and heck, I, I really don't get tired of listening to it. Again, probably around 2006 or 2008, I heard Pandora, heard about Pandora. I didn't love the idea of internet radio back then due to the technological limitations of the time. I mean, the iPhone came out in June of 2007. I'm not exactly sure when we're talking about, but in any event, that was pre-smartphone for me. But I do recall wanting to try it out in the basement office of my house. That's where our home computer was back then. It was in the downstairs area. And on Pandora, you could put a band or a song in, and then what Pandora would do is play back a radio station based on whatever you inputted. And if there was some sort of like or thumbs up, thumbs down kind of mechanism to assist Pandora over time to make a better station for you and your taste based on whatever you started with. Now, I'd put in Monster Magnet a few times, but on this occasion, I decided to try Space Lord. So Pandora started me Space Lord Radio. Dutifully, it played Space Lord first, and then the Music Genome Project decided what to play next. The Music Genome Project, Pandora's proprietary engine that drives its music recommendation system, is obviously a takeoff of the Human Genome Project, which attempted to provide a complete 
an accurate sequence of the 3 billion DNA base pairs that make up the human genome and find all of the approximately 20,000 to 25,000 human genes. Yeah, I had to look that up. I don't know exactly how intense it was back then, but Pandora's website now describes the Music Genome Project as, and if you heard a little pause there, it was because now I'm bringing up the Music Genome Project page on Pandora's website. It reads, the Music Genome Project powers Pandora. It's the most comprehensive analysis of music ever undertaken. For over a decade, we've been gathering musical knowledge to bring you the best, most personalized listening experience out there. We believe each individual has a unique relationship with music. No one has tastes that are exactly the same. So delivering a great experience to every listener requires a broad and deep understanding of music. Our team of trained musicologists has been listening to music across all genres and decades, including emerging artists and new releases, studying and collecting musical details on every track, 450 musical attributes altogether. The result of all our work is a personalized listening experience filled with both old favorites and new discoveries. Okay, so I just read that in verbatim. Again, it says there's 450 musical attributes that Pandora tracks now. I don't think it was that many back when I was listening, but there were a lot of them. And after Space Lord, the very first song the Genome Project played was The Regulator by Clutch. And I was stunned. Maybe I didn't like it quite as much as Space Lord, and maybe I still don't, but I like it a lot. It's close. And really, when you start talking about how Pandora does things and the mix of acoustic guitars with heavy electric riffing guitars, it made sense. Soon, I purchased Clutch's Blast Tyrant record, and now I've probably seen the band a dozen times or more, and they really have become my favorite. So you can say the technology worked for this old classic rock kind of graybeard. Pandora's system put the regulator right next to Space Lord, and it really worked, and it gave me my love affair with Clutch, my favorite band in the world. But I didn't really pursue a whole lot of other new music that way. Maybe it's because Pandora didn't work on some of the other songs or ideas I tried, but to be fair, I didn't give it much of a chance, and really haven't for a long time. I mean, I still read Classic Rock Magazine, and Classic Rock Magazine, as I've said, I believe in the first episode of this podcast, yeah, it's called Classic Rock Magazine, but it's really about a huge spectrum. It, it, it really is rock magazine at this point. It covers almost everything, and even some things maybe people don't think of as rock and roll. But that's kind of what I've been relying on, and it's what I've been relying on for a long time. But during the pandemic and having a little bit more time to do with some research and to think about that aspect of my life, I decided to make a change. And one of the ways that I did that is through something I read about on Reddit. It's a program called NUSIC. What is NUSIC? Well, first of all, it's spelled www.gnoosic.com. NUSIC. GNUSIC. I don't know exactly. I think it's supposed probably G-N-O-O-S-I-C, NUSIC, for new music. Anyway, it's a clever little concept. If you go to their webpage, which I'm doing right now, it says to teach GNOD, <clears throat> I don't know what that means, GNOD, I don't, whatever, 
what you like, please type in three bands that you already know and like. And then there's those prompts, and you hit continue. So I did that, and I typed in Aerosmith, Clutch, and Monster Magnet, and hit continue. And the band that I got back was Night Stalker. Now, just for comparison's sake, I also typed in Blake Shelton, Taylor Swift, and Drake to just see what the most basic form of music or basic artist that I would get back. And the answer is Luke Bryant. Okay, I digress. I'd never heard of Night Stalker before. Maybe those of you listening to this have heard of Night Stalker. Um, I wish I'd heard about him a long time ago. Because let me give all credit where it's due to Nusik. What a great recommendation. I've really enjoyed getting to listen and getting to learn about Nusik. Now, Night Stalker is kind of like Uriah Heep, although not as extreme. Night Stalker is not a new band by any stretch of the imagination. Their first EP was released in 1994, and they've had a few EPs and several albums since then. To be fair, of the three bands that I put in, Night Stalker most heavily and most strongly resembles Monster Magnet. If you look up some information about them on the web, they're even talked about as one of those forerunning bands in the stoner rock genre. They kind of also sound a little bit to me like Crobot, which is a newish band that I do like a lot. Night Stalker's really good. I've really enjoyed listening to their album, Dead Rock Commandos. Listened to it several times. I'm going to listen to it several more. I think they may be a contender for my end-of-the-year Spotify awards ceremony or whatever. But, but, again, Night Stalker's not exactly new. Now, Nusik didn't say it was going to give me new music based on my choices. It was going to pick an artist that kind of maybe you would want to check out if you like these other three. Kind of the same way that GPS units triangulate things or the way Bill Clinton was famous for triangulating issues. It, you give it three inputs and it's going to find something maybe a little different in the middle. Fine. But it's hard for me to consider Night Stalker a new band or a new find, new music. It's just new to me. But then coming back around to Spotify, Spotify does have playlists that it makes for you all the time based on what you like or based on things it expects that you might like. And one of those is called the New Release Radar. It's framed for every person. It's unique to every person based on what you listen to. Here are some new songs, new tracks that you might get into. And thinking about this over, again, the past few weeks or few months, I guess at this point, just recently I decided, you know what? Spotify has this capability to make playlists. I'm going to make a playlist with new music in quotation marks. And whenever I hear a song on my new release radar playlist, which I have sometimes neglected, that I really like, I'm going to put it in that playlist So I always have this list of music that was new to me when I heard it, new coming out, and that I can come back to and maybe discover some new bands. Now listen, (laughs) when I started making my playlist, the very first song that went on there was a new track from Robert Plant. But it is a new release. It's not some old song that I never heard before. It was a new release. It was new to me. and But again, maybe that kind of defeats the purpose. My second one was... That song Scarlet that's on the upcoming, maybe it's already out by now, 
goat's head soup sessions from the Rolling Stones. They're doing that expanded uh, expanded edition of it. It has this song Scarlet that they actually wrote and then recorded with Jimmy Page on guitar instead of Ronnie Wood. But then I kept listening and passing over some other songs by artists I had maybe not heard of or maybe had heard of and never cared about. And then this song called Looking for an Old Friend came on by a band called the Georgia Thunderbolts. Now, at first, I thought this was the fabulous Thunderbirds, not the Georgia Thunderbolts. I guess I wasn't looking at it that closely. But man, this song was killer. It really swung. It has got this killer slide guitar on it. Singer with a lot of soul. I don't necessarily love a lot of Southern rock, but this is Southern rock that was made for someone like me. I was absolutely you know, in rapture over this song. It was really good. So I look up the Georgia Thunderbolts. I had no idea. Maybe they came out in 1999. Georgia Thunderbolts have a new EP coming out on August 21st of this year. So from when I'm recording that, that's still more than a week away. And it's going to have five songs on it. And I'm stoked about it. I tweeted out to them and they retweeted my tweet, which, or whoever runs their account, retweeted my tweet, which... Even at this stage, it's still a thrill when something like that happens. I'm excited to have a new band to be into, a brand new band, one that I feel like even at my age, 45 years, I can be excited about, that I can be into. A band that may even someday become my band, my favorite band. The Georgia Thunderbolts are new energy, they're new music, they're new blood, and that's really a good thing. Because I still do want to find new music, and it's exciting to do so. I recognize at this point, it's probably too late for me to get into hip-hop, or jazz, or chamber music, or whatever. But I still like rock and roll. And I still like trying to find new bands. I'm not completely stuck on the things that I listened to when I was 14 to 21. I've talked a lot about Chuck Klosterman on this podcast, and he's obviously someone whose brain I respect so much, and of course his ability to write. A couple years ago, maybe it was even last year, he released a book of short stories called Raised in Captivity, and there was a line in one of those short stories that really drew my attention. It said, one man was 68 and the other was 45, so they were the same age. I think I was 44 when I read that. And that really hit home, that who I am at 45 is probably going to be a lot like who I'll be at 68. I know some 68-year-olds or close to 68. I consider some of them friends, and yeah, we are a whole lot more alike than I would have been 23 years going the other direction. But even then, maybe I'm not going to go on to new kinds of music, but I am still open to stuff I've never heard before. So whether it's learning about Uriah Heep from the guy at the deli counter, Monster Magnet from the radio, Clutch from Pandora, Night Stalker from Nusik, or the Georgia Thunderbolts from Spotify's new release radar playlist, I still want to get my ears surprised. I still want to find new bands and new artists to really dig my teeth into. Blue Oyster Cult, maybe a Uriah Heep-esque deep dive is coming for you soon. Thanks for listening. Next episode, 
Not going to talk about me very much, maybe not at all. But we are going to talk about new music or new-ish music. See you in two weeks, and thanks again so much for listening to Well Disguised.